Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Nick Maton on the batter. He's 0 for 1. A walk and a strikeout tonight, the pitch. Maton swings, lines it to right, coming on for it, and it goes under the glove of Ward. And now it goes all the way to the wall. JT around third. He's going to come home and score. And around the third goes Maton. As Ward came in, tried to lean over and make the catch. He didn't. It gets under his glove. And it's another run home to the Phillies and an 8-0 Phillies lead. It was last night when everything went perfectly and the Phillies um, win it 10 to nothing. although I guess Maton did get hurt later. Todd Zalecki, our friend from MLB.com, joins us. Todd, any update on Maton early this morning? Uh, not this morning, but he got an x-ray yesterday after the game. They called it a right shoulder sprain at, with an SP sprain. Um, he's going to get a MRI today, um, but he had difficulty uh, raising his shoulder, um, his, his arm over his head last night, just getting dressed and just, nice. you know, just moving in general. So he landed on it. He landed on it pretty good. Now, he said he did not feel pop or, or anything like that, but, um, I mean, I would be surprised if he's back out there tonight. All right. Well, let, let's talk about the manager. Um, Rob Thompson was asked yesterday, I think you asked the question, how he will be different from Joe Girardi, and uh, maybe he gave a little hint or two, but you've been around this club, and you've seen him since, what, 2018, I believe, as the bench coach. How do you think he might be different? Well, I, he, I, I think the big thing, and that's, that's why I asked that question, because I, you know, I said, like, you know, do you pitch Corey Knable on that Tuesday in Atlanta? Because that was, to me, a huge, huge loss. You know, Bryce Harper hits that home run. You're about to steal a game in Atlanta, win the first two games of that four-game series, and then you're very rigid in how you use your closer who wants to pitch, and then you don't pitch him, then you lose. Um, so the fact that he says, it's June, um, you know, I'm going to be, I'm definitely open to it. And, you know, so I think in that sense, he's going to be more open to kind of going for the jugular, jugular there, you know. Like, I understand if it's early in the season, the team is playing well, maybe you protect Corey Knable at that time. But when things are going bad, I think you have to go for it. So I think Rob is going to be more open to that. The other difference I thought, which was interesting, is and Dave alluded to this, and, and Rob talked about this a little bit as well, that he's really going to make a point to go through the clubhouse often and talk to the players often. Um, I saw that a lot with Charlie Manuel when he was here. Uh, he was always in the club. I was walking through, come up to guys. And even just a, a dumb comment or silly comment, yep. Charlie was in there a lot. Didn't see it a lot with Joe. Now, in fairness, wasn't in the clubhouse the last two years with Joe. So I don't know how often he was in there. But this year, the times I was in there this year, and in spring training as well, didn't see him in there a lot. So maybe he's going to try to make more of a connection with the guys. Not saying that there was a clubhouse problem, so to speak, but maybe just be a little bit more in tune with the players, what they want, what they like, what they don't like. Rob said as much yesterday. Todd, I know it's more difficult for you, as you just noted. You're not in the clubhouse the way you used to be, so I know that's where you used to be able to judge stuff like vibe, like feeling, like emotion, and you got to wait till the game starts and then be able to judge from that. Well, 10 nothing, pretty good first vibe and emotion for the team. Um, how do you go about judging that? Can you get a feel? I know you're allowed on the field before the game, which isn't the same as being in the clubhouse. How do you get the feeling over the next, yeah, couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months that the vibe on the Phillies is improved? Yeah, so, you know, we are fortunately now we're back in there a little bit pregame and obviously postgame now we can go back in there. So we get that little, that little snapshot of what it's like. Um, 
I mean, there was more energy yesterday, but in talking to the players post game, you know, they won 10 nothing. <laughs> and I've always been a believer, guys, that, you know, Charlie Manuel said this all the time. Anytime they went through a, a dead stretch offensively, we would go, man, you guys look like you're flat. Looks like you guys have no energy. He goes, yeah, we have nobody on base. <laughs> of course, you're going to look like you're flat and have no energy. So I feel like there was some of that there. The offense wasn't doing what it was supposed to do, so the team looked flat. Um, but I think the the change that was made could motivate these guys a little bit, maybe snap them out of the funk. I, you know, I asked Nick Castellanos that. I said, do you think this could serve as a kick in the butt for you guys? And he said, yeah, I hope so, because a guy just lost his job. And so that tells us that things aren't going well. I, I mean, they knew things weren't going well, but now because of their play, a, a guy lost his job. So I, I think that can maybe be provide a, a potential spark. I don't know how long it lasts, but you know, it, it, it could provide a little bit of a spark going into a schedule that really kind of eases up the next couple of weeks. We're talking to Todd Zalecki of MLB.com. Follow him on Twitter at Todd Zalecki. And, and I'm asking you to interpret, right? A lawyer would tell me that uh, I, I'm not allowed to do this, but do you think they feel bad that they cost him his job? Do they care that they cost him his job? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it, this wasn't a situation where they they were chump, chomping at the bit to get Joe out of there, and they're like, oh, my gosh, thank God. Now we can finally relax and play like the way we're capable play, for playing. Like, you know, I've covered, you know, managers where players griped a lot, and I, I I didn't get that sense um, from Joe. So, I, you know, I think... Yeah, but that sounds you know, neutral. Like, okay, we didn't hate right, him, but right, did they, yeah, did right. they I, I like think, him? I think, it, I, I think, they, res- I think they, they definitely respected him as a baseball guy. Um, I think they liked him, but it, and I, I wrote this a little bit yesterday, Joe was not going to be confused for Charlie. Like I said, like he, he wasn't a hangout, joke around, chit-chat, had a guy in the back, you know, make again, like Charlie was, Charlie was great with just silly jokes. And I know people are going to like, what is, what does that have to do with it? But just that connecting aspect of it. Um, I don't think Joe had that. Joe does not have that type of personality. He didn't have that type of personality with us. I mean, not not that that matters, but Charlie could just sit there and talk to you and tell a hilarious story. Joe really wasn't that guy. Joe was all business. So in, in that sense, maybe it loosens these guys up. Todd Glenn asked me first segment today, um, is this a chain for chain sake or are they still actually very much in this thing? Well, the standings say they are. They're only three games out of that third wild card spot. Dombrowski pulled the plug on Girardi yesterday. We'll see if there are early returns with Rob Thompson. But this team needs to do more and there is a glaring hole in center field. Is that Dombrowski's next next step. He took a uh, shot with the manager, and we'll see what Rob Thompson can de- deliver. Are the Phillies going to double down and be aggressive and try and fill a major hole like center field? Well, you know, I, I think it depends how they come out of these next few weeks. Uh, you know, they, they play these next two against the Angels, then they go to Milwaukee, which is a very good team. But then after that, I think, like, they play 13 games in a row against losing teams, bad teams. So if they get on a roll there... And now all of a sudden they're a little bit closer to the Giants, even if they're not at 500 because they are they are buried pretty deep. You'd have to go on a heck of a run to pull out of uh, you know to get over 500 in a couple weeks. But I think if they start showing some life, the offense starts rounding into shape. Then I think you can see Dave sit there and go, okay, how can we address our deficiencies? Which you know they have a lot of them. Um, one of them possibly being being center field. Um, one of them uh, being the bullpen, you know, so they, they have some they have some maneuvers to do, but they have to prove it. They have to go out and prove it. All right. One of them being center field, one of them being the bullpen. Todd, we've been talking now for a few years. I believe that exact sentence has come up in every one of those conversations over the last <laughs> however many years, which, which gets me to a point. Um, Jim Salisbury asked a, a really good question yesterday at the news conference of Dave Dombrowski, and he said, is this problem sy- systemic? They drafted three outfielders in the first round, and none have made it, which is why they need to sign those free agents. The last four managers have all been under 500. None of them made the playoffs. So maybe the issue more than the manager is scouting and development. I mean, I, I hope Moniak makes it, but... Uh, it's just it's a hope and a prayer. They've been through the parade of center fielders already this year. You know, we're seeing right. Oduble. 
is is the Phillies' problem? This is the easiest question you'll get asked this week. Is the Phillies' problem one of they're hiring the wrong managers or they have a systemic problem? I think it's a systemic problem, and I think it, uh, you know, like it, it's easy to somebody has to take the fall, so it had to be Joe Girardi, just like it had to be Gabe Kapler. Then what happens? Gabe Kapler goes to San Francisco with a really well uh, front office that that has drafted and developed players well, and he wins 107 games last year. I don't think Gabe just suddenly became a good manager, just like I don't think Terry Francona suddenly became a good manager once he got the Red Sox. He went, he joined an organization that was just better positioned to win. Um, I think a lot of this problem, and I've, you know, I, I've been listening um, uh, the, the past, you know, I, I listen all the time to WIP, and I hear a lot of people say, it's John Middleton, is it, uh, you know, it's, it's Dave Dombrowski, and uh, for, for constructing this roster, it's Joe Girardi, it's, you know, it's Reese Hoskins, whatever, right? Um, to me, this all goes back to Andy McPhail and, and, and the rebuild that he bungled uh, beginning in 2015. He really set this organization back. Um, you know, when, when Ruben lost his job, when Andy took over, I'm telling you, every person in baseball said, now that's a team I would like to be a GM for. I mean, the Phillies are at the beginning of a rebuild, so they're going to have a ton of high draft picks, and then you know John Middleton is going to spend a boatload of money uh, to, to kind of fill in the gaps wherever they may be. Now, that's the best job in baseball right now. Phillies GM, well, Andy McPhail hires Matt Clentak, and then he basically takes his hand off the wheel and, and just lets this thing kind of run aground. And so they, they don't draft well. They don't develop well. Um, they don't do a great job uh, making trades, signing free agents, Sands, you know, Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler, et cetera. And now Dave Dombrowski comes in, and he's, he's looking around going like, where do I start? Uh, so I think there's a lot of that. Like, there's only, he only has so much money and only so many moves he can make because he has such a bad farm system to deal with. And so that's why I think they're in this, this bad position that they are is because they really messed up that rebuild uh, beginning in 2015 with Andy McPhail. All right, Todd, let me get real narrow focused with you. One player who kind of fits into what you were just discussing. They uh, signed Francisco Morales as a very young pitcher, develop him, bring him through the system, five years in the minor leagues, gets off to a really good start at Reading, issues in the bullpen. They kind of force feed him up to the big leagues. He pitches a game in Seattle where he looks like a killer. The slider is just blowing people away, three strikeouts in two innings. He gets into a second game against the Dodgers. Did hold on and get the save, even though he walked three guys. Uh, but he did get the last out, which was necessary, and then he's gone. They just send him out. They had to clear a roster spot to get Eflin back from the COVID list. He's back down in the minor leagues. I've seen enough of Connor Brogdon. I've seen enough of Norwood. Why isn't this kid in the big leagues right now? Great question i could not agree with you more <laughs> i you know morales is is a he has the potential to be a big time relief pitcher and for me i've seen you know enough of james norwood to say let's give morales a shot you know he's got a wipeout slider he's got a good fastball i i, I think he is a late future late inning reliever type of guy maybe even better than that and so, yeah, I, I'm in, I'm in hundred percent agreement when things aren't going well, you know, he had a little bit of command issues that game in LA, but you know, it was a, it was a second, it was a second big league appearance. So, um, you know, in Reading this season, he has struck out a boatload of hitters and he hasn't really walked that many. He's been, he's been pretty good with his command. So I, I say bring him up, uh, you know, and, and hopefully sooner rather than later. All right. Um, Todd, I, I apparently, I was unaware of this, but Andy McPhail is on line four. He had something he wanted to say to you. If we don't, we don't. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, that, yep. you know, I, I think people forget about, um, and, and listen, like, you know, Dave, Dave Dombrowski, you know, he signed a couple corner outfielders that are really DHs. You know, the defense is a huge issue. It's been an issue like that for 10 years. But you have to remember – you know, I'm not excusing him or anything like that. You know, they have to do a better job with roster construction, but they really set back to the organization a long time with the way they drafted and developed talent and the way they made trades and, and, and all that stuff. All right, last uh, question, because as you know, you can pretty much now bet almost anything, any kind of futures you want 
I want to take all my money and I want to go uh, bet online as to who is the next Phillies manager. Todd Zalecki, I trust your judgment on all of these things. Who is, I, I assume that, you know, the rest of the year we get Thompson. Who mm-hmm. is the Phillies manager on opening day 2023? Oh, man, that is a fantastic question. And I have not, I, I would really have to think about that, Glenn, and I, I don't have an answer for you right now. It, You're deferring on me. I, I'm going to defer on you. I really couldn't say who that might be um, coming up through the ranks. You know, it could be like a, a hot bench coach of that. Teams always seem to poach guys like that. Maybe, hey, you know what? Somebody asked me this yesterday. If, if the Phillies play well and they make the playoffs, it's obviously going to be Rob Thompson. But what if they play well enough to come close? Maybe they give Rob, Rob Thompson another shot. It'll be interesting right, so that's, to see. That's, that's, I guess that's what I'll bet on my money on. All right. Uh, Todd Zalecki, thank you so much. By the way, Todd is the author of the terrific, best-selling biography, Doc, The Life of Roy Halladay. Um, I read it and thought it was terrific. Todd, seems like Father's Day's coming up. Might be a good gift. Absolutely, yeah. You can go to uh, buytoddzalecki.com. I'll even sign it and send it to you and personalize it for your dad. There you go. Todd, great stuff. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. There you go. Todd Zalecki. Jody, your takeaway? I'm with him. Um, I understand as fans, we always want to be looking at the big picture and looking down the road. Let's see if Rob Thompson can get to 2-0 before we start to figure out who's going to be the Phillies manager yeah, in 2023. I just, you know, got to throw that in there. I know. Because oh, that, that's what the fans want to know. I, it's a very good question because uh, we're playing for the fans, but maybe it's because I, I am rooting for Rob Thompson as wholeheartedly as I am. I want to be able to root for him and go, yeah, he's going to be the manager for more than just uh, 110 games or whatever the Phillies got left this year. By the way, when you looked at him yesterday, you watched the thing, you watched it on TV, or you've seen him before. Sure. I, I saw this a little bit, and then some people we know started talking about this on social media. Uh, old-time actor that you would know that he looks like. Really? Yeah, you want to take a look at him during the break? Study um, the picture? Yeah, nothing, right, we'll come back nothing popped up to me. The only thing that popped up to me was, and as I mentioned, I talked to my father yesterday because he's a Robbie guy and knows him well and wanted to talk about what he could do for the Phillies and everything else. I asked him, was his nickname always Topper? Because Dabrowski called him that like three times. Yeah, I never heard that, yeah. I had never heard that either, so I thought maybe my father knew. He said, Topper, what are you talking about? I said, well, Dabrowski called him Topper three times. He goes, I didn't hear that. I watched the press conference. I said, Dad, at least I can, I, I know what I heard. So he asks Virginia, my stepmom, and she goes, oh, yeah, they called him Topper three times. And my father goes, I guess I got to pay. I guess my hearing is going. I'm not hearing what I used to hear. It, Topper? Yeah, um, that I didn't know. Uh, I also, several people reached out to me and and thought he was the second baseman from the Giants back in the 90s, and he's not that Robbie Thompson. Oh, different Robbie Thompson, yes. Right. Uh, no relation. <laughs> right. Uh, but do me a favor. Take a look during the break and see if okay. he looks like anybody. And if anybody sees it, I'll invite you to call in. 215-592-9494. Might be a bit of a stretch, but I, it, like, ran through my mind, and then on social media I saw it a lot, so I thought, yeah, maybe he Okay. Does. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll give a peek. Alright, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. And coming up is one of my favorite features that I started doing with Ray and I have Ray's blessing to continue with what we're watching. And the great thing this week is you and I are watching the same series. Yes. We'll compare you, you you tuned me on to it. I didn't know it. We spoke earlier in the week and I think I've officially moved ahead of you watching more episodes. Just means I got more time in the middle of my days than you do. <laughs> I don't know. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Going to have to cut a new open for that one. Uh, God bless Ray. I enjoy doing it with all these years with him. And the funny thing is, Ray never watched TV. Ray goes to movies, Jody. He does not right. watch TV. He's not so, a TV guy. No, I thought you were saying you had to change it because of Heisenberg. I would say, no, Heisenberg lives forever. Oh, no. It's, it's not the references, although some of them are skewing a little old. I mean, we cut that, whatever, 10 years ago. <laughs> I'll do it. But uh, as much as I love Ray, who is... Uh, on his way now to the Barnes & Noble in the Camp Hill Shopping Center to sign copies of his books from 1 to 3. Ray did not watch TV, but Ray often brought um, great con- uh, commentary about the movies. And I would cover the TV. And, and today, you and I are watching the same show. So let me set this up. I wanna, it's, it's a hugely popular Netflix show called The Lincoln Lawyer. It was the top streamer in the country for, I think, four straight weeks till the new season of Stranger Things dropped last week. You watch Stranger Things? I have not started yet, no. But you have watched, you've watched previous seasons? I have not, no. Oh, you never watched Stranger Things. Okay. No. Okay, I watched the first three years. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's, seasons one and three are great. Season two, not so much. But I don't want to get bogged down that. This is, this is the Lincoln Lawyer based on a character created by the writer Michael Connolly. He's also behind the uh, best-selling Harry Bosch franchise, which is another popular streamer. You, uh, people will remember the movie from 2011. Matthew McConaughey played the lead character. He's a, oh, a, a wily, love the word wily, L.A. attorney who, who works out of various Lincolns. I think in the show he's got the SUV and the convertible uh, as he goes from one courthouse to another. And, Jody, you're a big Michael Connolly fan, right? You've read both the Lincoln Lawyer books and the Bosch books, right? You're a good reader. I think I've read everything that Michael Connolly's ever written, to be truthful with you. Uh, he is one of the best mystery slash uh, drama writers that you're going to find. And I'm a proud fan of both he and Harlan Coben, who have yeah, both turned me on to Coben. A second living at becoming a creator of television programming on top of their great books that they've already written. So, yes, I'm a big fan of both. A bigger fan of Bosch than I am of the Lincoln Lawyer, uh, even though in for, this is real inside baseball. Uh, they are uh, stepbrothers to each other, and they don't know that. And Michael Conley winds two of his great characters together by making them stepbrothers. Uh, so, again, Conley is, is phenomenal. And uh, you turned me on to the Lincoln Lawyer. I didn't even know. I read all the uh, Conley Bosch novels. I watched the Bosch uh, programming on, on Netflix as well. Uh, all the seasons that they went through thought it was very well done and very well acted. And uh, I did not know that there was even a Lincoln Lawyer uh, programming put out. And uh, yes, as you t- uh, told me, to, I needed to check it out earlier in the week. Yeah, I watched all ten episodes. Uh, I got them all in <laughs> over the course. Of- all right, I'm seven in. You did. You got. You got through it fast. I had a lot going on this week. And let me just say this. You turned me on to Harlan Coben's writing, um, and I've read several of his books. And really, like it. It, it was a big thrill for me when Harlan Coben started following me on Twitter. That was like yes, a deal. You and I both. Yeah, right? That's that's cool. He's a Jersey. I think he's a Jer- North Jersey, Jersey guy. guy. North Jersey yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Uh, I have not read Michael Connolly. I'm going on vacation next week for a little bit. I may take some of that with me and start to read it. Anyway, let me – I'll – 
let me describe it, and, and then we'll go back and forth on this. So, as a show, Lincoln Lawyer, it's it's fine. It's it's good, even. It's nothing spectacular. I think I told you it's closer to me than a network show than something put out by Netflix. And by that, I mean it checks all the boxes of your basic lawyer show. Um, he's a smart but rough-around-the-edges lead character. He's got these, these amazing observational skills, um, sharp legal wordplay, quirky side characters. He's got the beautiful, angry, but understanding ex-wife. In this case, he's got two of them. Um, some dramatic court scenes. Um I've seen it before, which doesn't mean it's not worth watching again. That's that's my basic takeaway. Yeah, I got no issues with the quality of the uh, drama, the scene setting, the writing. Uh, I don't look down my nose at network programming as much as you do. Uh, I still watch <laughs> some network television. Are you tell me I'm a snooty TV watcher? Yes, Mr. Netflix. That's what I'm suggesting. Sorry to say. Uh, here's, right. here's my read on it. Uh, I, right slightly better than you. Uh, I would go A minus, uh, certainly a B plus, maybe an, even an A minus. Not an A or an A plus because it isn't right. Uh, your, your comment of kind of been there, done that before. We've seen these legal dramas and there are a lot of similarities with others that we've seen before. But I think it's very well done. Here's my one rub. And I was, you, I've read all the books. I've read everything that Michael Conley's done. I didn't know or don't believe that Mickey Holler was of Mexican descent. He starts first episode, and he's got an accent. Yes. And as a reader, and yes, they did the movie, and Michael McConaughey certainly wasn't of Mexican descent. But you've got a uh, picture in your mind. And he's got an accent. I go, wait a minute. This guy's not supposed to have an accident. And then they start to explain that his mother was Mexican and he moved back to Mexico with his mother, but then moved back to L.A. And his father was a former lawyer. I just didn't think of him as a Mexican guy. I guess you can do that when you're recreating something. It's kind of like uh, the, the HBO show uh, on the Lakers that they kind of took certain details and changed them around and made them more uh, harshly uh, cutting. So, than so you're comparing this to the life. Jerry West throwing the trophy through the glass window? Yes, that's kind of what I'm comparing it to. You can take whatever license you so desire, but I yeah. will tell you that it threw me off to start yeah. things because he wasn't the Mexican guy in the books. Yeah, well, I hadn't read the book. So that, like, uh, and by the way, the actor's name is Manuel Garcia Rulfo, who I think is very good. Yes. Uh, having not read the books, that did not throw me off, but I I understand how that would be a concern. The only other actor I recognize is Nev Campbell, who is one of the ex-wives who uh, I believe I can say that she has aged very gracefully since Scream 3 or Wild Things or whatever you last saw her in. Wild Things was phenomenal, one of oh, my all-time movie. favorite movies. <laughs> and yes, she has gone from a love that movie. very young, just into her 20s type, tremendously attractive actress to a now mature woman, tremendously attractive actress. So yes, Neb Campbell still very much works for me. And uh, as Mickey's first wife, she plays it to a T. Talk about comparing to the books. Uh, yes, uh, her character is much like the one portrayed in all the Michael Connelly Lincoln Lawyer novels. So the basic plot line for this is that our, our hero lawyer is just out of rehab for painkiller addiction. Um, suddenly inherits the caseload from a, a big-time attorney who gets murdered. He's got to defend a high-profile killer, who, by the way, reminds me of Elon Musk, kind of the way they make that guy, uh, in, a, in a seemingly hopeless case, all while wondering if the people who murdered the first big-time attorney are, are after him. Fair, fair portrayal? Absolutely. On okay. point. I just hadn't made the Elon, Elon Musk uh, comparison, but you're on point on that, too. And there's there's intermingling plots and terrific scenery all around L.A. Right, it, it really makes you want to visit L.A. A little little violence, not much sex. It's from David E. Kelly, who produced Boston Legal and The Practice and Big Little Lies. So if you like those shows, you like this. I mean, Jody, here's my bottom line, um, and and I don't mean this as as a criticism. This is just how I view it. It won't tax your brain. It's bingeable. Well, you got through 10 episodes in about four days, so that attests yep. to that. Um, but as I said, it's kind of a streamer that could have easily played just as well on network TV. Fun, easy to watch, nothing special. Uh, L.A. Law meets Bosch, and I give it a solid B. 
Yeah, I'd go uh, better than that, B plus, A minus. And they do a nice job, and this is one of your jobs when you're p- producing these type of TV shows for a streaming service. you got to tease the next season. And they do just a good enough job at the end. They oh. wrap up everything very nicely in 10 seasons, but they leave you just a little thread to be looking forward to the next time they come out with a season, which maybe you know. I don't know off the top of my head. That's one thing you always have to check into. Well, when am I going to get the next? If you enjoy it, you're enjoying it, you're going through it, you go, well, when are they going to come out with season number two? I don't know the answer to that question, but I thought they did a good job with that as well. All right, so I need a book to, to read uh, when I go on vacation next week. Um, should I read the first Lincoln Law? I mean, I saw the movie 11 years ago, but I honestly don't remember it that well. Is that where I would start? If you were going to read any Michael Connolly to start, what would be the book I should read? Oh, so you've never read any Michael Connolly? No, sir. All right. I read what it. you tell me to read. Again, you got me in Harlan Coben. I think I've read four of his books, so I'm 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 ready to follow your guidance. Well, then I here's how I would lay it out for you, and uh, you, you're going to decide for yourself because you know how much time you're going to have. And despite our uh, singing the praises of the Lincoln lawyer. I actually believe Harry Bosch is a better character, and there are more Bosch novels, I would say at least five, if not six or seven. So if you're just going for what is the best reading, yep. I would start with the Harry Bosch uh, go with the number start of the beginning. Through. Yes. Um, Lincoln Lawyer is less. It became a character developed, and as I said, Michael Connolly's tied the two together, which is really interesting. And if you go Bosch first, Michael Connolly will be, uh, uh, Mickey Hollow will be introduced through the Bosch novels. I would say Bosch a little bit ahead of right, that's what uh, Mickey Hollow. I'll get the first. You know who uh, I always rely on for good reading lists? Who's that? Merrill. Really? Merrill is a great reader. Yeah, you know what? I got to have Merrill on. I may have Merrill on tomorrow if he's available. I like talking football with Merrill. More than that, I like talking books because Merrill is always reading something interesting. And yeah, will... but the one, the one place you don't want to go with Merrill is golf game because he'll just talk and talk and talk. And yeah, talk. Well, Merrill so loves golf. You I get know. off on a golf tangent with Merrill, you may never get a football question in. Yeah, he can do that. All right, Jody, I asked you the question. Now you had time to think about it. Does Rob Thompson look like any old Hollywood actor to you? Punched up the picture and nothing clicked. I'm sorry to say, Glenn, I may be letting you down, and I apologize for that. That's okay. If it does, uh, it does. Yeah, it clicks or it doesn't, and nothing came off the top of my head. He looks like Rob Thompson to me only because that's all I know Rob Thompson as. Okay. There's an expression called hangdog, which I think fits him, which is just kind of a little bit of a downcast-looking guy, uh, a lot of lines on his face. And I saw it a little bit, and then I think Ava Graham and Bill Matz both started tweeting about this, and many, many people agreed that he looks like Walter Matthau, particularly if you go back to Bad News Bears, which may be the team he's managing. That's funny. Um I understand your use of the word hangdog because Walter Matthau was hangdog. Yeah, he, no question about he's, that. He's the dictionary entry. Right, you look up in the dictionary and there's Walter's picture. Uh, I would not throw Rob Thompson into that same mix. Uh, he's not near as hangdog as Walter Matthau. I, that, that didn't come to me right off the bat. If Ava says it, then I give it credence. If Matt says it, then I dismiss it. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'll just uh, go along with uh, the fact that Matt has no idea what he's talking about. Okay. All right. That's fine. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a swing and a blast to left. That's going to be number five on the night. Second homer for Harper tonight. Solo shot, straightaway left field. And it's 10 on the board tonight for the Phillies as Harper with his 12th gives Philadelphia a 10-0 lead. Well, there it is. When he can play, when he can bat, Bryce Harper has been amazing this year, but he has had to sit out a few times and clearly cannot play the field. And that leads us to our question with our friend from Cooper Bone and Joint, Dr. Mark Pollard, who joins us today. Doc, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. We're fine. Um, so we've discussed, you and I, uh, Bryce Harper's UCL and him kind of playing through it, at least being able to bat through it if it can't throw. Um, but it does seem to be getting worse. He was off earlier this week because it was sore. Um, two questions. Can he, by playing, is he potentially making it worse? And... And, you know, again, with always the caveat that you're not looking at his test results and you're not looking directly at his elbow, is there a certain point where you say, okay, we think we have to, you know, we have to pull the plug and go to the next treatment? Um, well, uh, in response to the first part, you know, can it be made worse by uh, playing? And the answer, of course, is, you know, yes. Um, of course, there's always the possibility of the uh, worsening things. Obviously, they have him kind of modifying his activities, you know, doing uh, just batting and not throwing. The throwing really is what puts, you know, most of the stress on that area and the thing that's most likely to, um, you know, make things worse or, you know, complete a partial tear or something like that. Um, And so in response to part two, you know, do you get to a certain point that uh, you just, you know, pack it in and uh, say, you know, it's time to do surgery? And that's kind of a, a slippery question. Um, you know, the the answer is kind of a moving target. Uh, you know, obviously the you know the goal is to you know have it heal up all the way and not need to have any surgery and not miss any time. But <clears throat> clearly, that's not necessarily uh, the way things are going. And so, you know, it's uh, sometimes you know certainly if the symptoms are getting worse, if you know they get you know another MRI or study that show that the that, you know, things are actually worsening, you know, on, mm-hmm. uh, in the ligament, you know, the tear is increasing, then that would probably be when you would, you know, make the decision to uh, shut it down and do the surgery. Obviously, if surgery is done, that would end his season. Yeah. And so, you know, I think certainly they're trying to, the ideal situation, again, is to let it heal, you know, get it to heal all the way without surgery and then get him back full function. But it just doesn't seem to be the way that things are progressing. Doc, the Harper injury is not the only thing the Phillies were dealing with. Now they're going to be without their second baseman for a period of time. The other night, Jim Segura took a pitch on the hand, and he kind of casually walked off the field. Uh, you, you had the feeling that, uh-oh, caught him dead on the hand. This could be an issue. Find out, broken finger. I was hoping month. Found out two, two and a half to three, 10 to 12 w- weeks. How bad a break must it be if he's going to be missing that much time if the early diagnosis is on point? Yeah, difficult to say. Um, you know, I, I hadn't heard of him needing to have surgery or anything like that for it, so... That's probably, you know, a good sign. But, you know, I guess if the if the fracture is kind of towards the joint uh, or in, you know, multiple pieces, obviously it's going to take longer to longer to heal. You know, certainly some finger fractures. It also depends on which bone it is, um, how long how long it would take, and how long you would need to protect it. So obviously this is seems to be one of the ones that takes a little longer. Yeah, scary stuff, and uh, their season kind of is uh, on the edge right now. Um, Dr. Mark Pollard, it is always a pleasure. Enjoy this beautiful weekend, my friend. All right, great. Thanks, you too. Uh, thank Thanks, you very Doc. much. Yeah, the Harper thing, Jody, I mean, I know you know what you said earlier I can't really disagree with, which is as long as you're in contention and he can play, you do it, you do it, you do it. But if if, if they fall, you know, whatever, 15 games back, right? And it's the July 4th, 
and you know the surgery could take him out for nine months. Well, math to me says makes more sense to gear for 2023. Right, but there are two sets of math here. We discussed this at the top of the show. I misquoted the uh, baseball playoffs the way they're going to lay out this year. Yeah, they're well behind the Mets, and the Mets are having a phenomenal season, and they may just run away and hide. I don't know that anyone can less than a third of the way into the season, but if you can, the Mets are it right now in Major League Baseball. But they're only three games out of the third wild card spot. So that is certainly something that's doable. And the other factor in this is, oh, by the way, Harper's being Harper, which is MVP-level production. Yeah, if, the, is. if the uh, elbow was also causing him to not be able to drive the ball out of the park and or he was struggling offensively, he was still uh, a good player but not MVP-level. He's still Bryce Harper like we know and, and hope Bryce Harper can be. So until we see a drop-off and or he says, I'm having trouble swinging the bat as well, Oh, I think they're going to keep Bryce Harper in the lineup on a day-in, day-out basis, truly, until they're mathematically eliminated from a wild-card spot. All right, let's grab a couple calls here. Alan Winwood's got some thoughts on the Sixers. Al, thanks for joining. Hey, guys. Nice to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this, all right, first I want to praise Joel Embiid for being a warrior and going out there with multiple injuries. He's always done that. He's always been a warrior. He always plays hard. Uh, and he came in more fit this year. That was good. He played more games. Um, so all that is very good. Uh, I, I feel I'm gonna, there's, a, there's a Jody. There's a butt coming here. I just sense it. <laughs> the butt is. I need him to progress a little more as a complimentary player and as a passer. He, he's. Some people are more retiring. He's the opposite. He tends to take everything on himself somewhat. So I want him to be become that high. Uh, you know top of the key passer, which he very well could be, to get the other players to feel like they're going to get the ball, to be more of a team. I mean, when you look at the other teams that are still in this Golden State, Miami was, Boston, I mean, one of the things you're struck by is they're a team. There's no egos out there. They're just trying to win. And the Sixers... All right, let me me take this and, and ask Jody the question that seems obvious out of this. Jody, who should Joel be deferring to here? Right. Uh, now that you have Harden, Harden going to be back for another year. It was a different team and a different type of offense they ran when Harden came aboard. I actually thought Joel made progress in being what the caller was just referring to, more of a team player, more of a better, better passer, setting up teammates, finding wide open guys. I think he took strides in that direction this year. He had the ability to take lots of strides because the call is right. He hasn't always been great at that. It's been scorer, not much else. Just throw it back out, not without any purpose or setting someone up for shots. So I I hope that he takes another step in that direction this year, but I I would not make that something that uh, is an issue or a problem with Joel Embiid. I I wouldn't call it a strength, uh, his ability to score the basketball, but I think he did uh, advance his game in that way this year. Other concern is uh, Tyrese Maxey. I mean, I think he's the second best player behind Embiid, and I don't want to see him stalled by Harden. Uh, you know, if Harden can't, unless he's been hurt, I mean, he showed that clearly that he has difficulty getting around players. If you can't penetrate and you're the point guard, that's a problem. So yeah. Maxey can, and he has a huge upside still. So I, I guess I'm, I'm concerned somewhat that he is going to be developed as he should be because – I don't see a ceiling for him. I mean, I would say, is he a, a Trey Young player? Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if he's as good as that or not, but I, I think he could go in that direction. So that's he, my is, other he is young and he is exciting, and I think there's a huge upside there. And, Jody, I just think it does. I mean, he kind of alluded to it, Al the caller, but I think it, all, it, it always circles back to Harden and what he's going to be next year. And the way this year finished was just so discouraging to me. And we don't know that yet. That's the problem. If we knew that he was locked, he's going to be here, no question that this is it going for. We're still sitting in that gray area in the middle because he hasn't opted in or opted out of the one-year contract. And until they do that, we're all just guessing at what the Sixers are going to be next year. And here's the thing about Tyrese Maxey. Phenomenal season. Starts the year. He's going to be the two-guard. Ben Simmons is going to be the point guard. Going to take a step forward. Oh, guess what? By the way, Tyrese, we need you to run the point because Ben doesn't want to play. He's uh, sitting at home. 
and gets thrown out of practice, and off we go to the entire Ben Simmons drama. So he steps in as the point guard, does a great job, advances his game in season. Guess what? Here comes James Harden. Sorry, Tyrese, you got to go back to playing a two guard and play with the ball, play without the ball in your hands. And oh, by the way, he makes that transition back swimmingly and is phenomenal with it. He truly is the second best player, as the call has stated. Uh, here's the one thing about Tyrese. Don't put too much pressure on the kid. He was picked in the 20s. He made a massive, huge jump up here in year number two. Uh, does Gus from Bethlehem call you guys on the weekend? No. He doesn't call you guys? Okay. We, uh, Gus, Gus just, calls me. Just, oh, we, we, no, we don't, no, we don't All talk right. to Gus. Uh, Gus is uh, see no evil, hear no evil with the 76ers. And he actually said when Tyrese had the 38-point game to start the playoffs this year, Oh, it'll become a recurring uh, appearance by those type of numbers and level of achievement. Like I said, that's just not fair. Don't do that to the kid. He, he, he has made such strides and has achieved such a level so fast. Don't expect more. Don't put too much pressure on the kid. And, oh, by the way, as you correctly point out, we don't even know what the fit's going to be next year because we don't know what Harden's status is. I know. And it's, to me, it always circles back to that. Chris in media. Oh, Chris wants to like the Phillies and Michael Connolly. Chris, start with the writer. What do you got on him? So, I mean, the first thing you got to know is he's a Philly guy. He spent his first uh, 10, 15 years. He was born here. His dad was a property developer here. Um, Yeah, so he grew up here before he went away to to Florida and then eventually uh, L.A. He's talked about it a couple of times in podcasts. He's, He's a really... He really informs the right the, the reader about the place that he's writing about, yep. mm-hmm. which makes it a, a brilliant read. I mean, you feel like you're part of L.A. when you're reading his stuff. So Jody um, I says start, I should start on the Bosch novels. Do you agree? You should You should definitely start with the Black Echo, which is the first Bosch novel. It introduces his first wife. Um, it's before he has his daughter, Maddie. Um, Wait, Jody's who daughter? Is, not that daughter. Not that, that, is not, that is not the reason that I am as big a Harry Bosch fan as I am. The fact that his daughter has the same exact name that my daughter has. No, it's because he's that great a character. All right, I'm starting with the Black Echo. I'm, again, next week I'm going to have my feet up at the beach and that book in my hands. And by the way, I'm not as much, I don't like a Kindle outside. I'm taking a book book. You, right, you got to you gotta buy the hardback. Yep. Read it on the beach. Yep. I'm um, in. I was really afraid that this week I was going to be crying, listening, you know, not having Ray on, but having my old friend Jody on, who I go back to overnights with, is just amazing. Um, you mentioned Maddie. Some of the best radio ever was when Maddie Mack was on with Jody Mack. So <laughs> this is a great day for me to hear you guys reunited. Um, well, I'm I'm delighted and thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure Jody does as well. Our pleasure. And oh, by the way, speaking of getting books, uh, you tried to steal my book last week, Mac. Now. What book? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, let's let Chris finish the call, and then we'll we'll talk about that. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, you guys can argue in a minute. Um, so, who's going to play second base for the Phillies now for the next couple of weeks? Because it sounds like the shoulder's bad for May time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Todd said he couldn't lift it up yesterday, so I guess Camargo. So Andor, I mean, this puts if- us in the situation. You know, when you're looking at the infield, we've got you know. A, a bunch of guys who are playing either out of position or really aren't great infielders. We've got like five DHs on team. Yeah. Is is it time? So if we're not going to get Bryce Harper back, when do we begin to say, okay, do this? I mean, you guys just talked about July fourth. Is it do the surgery and do a sell? Because we got to do that bef- before August third. Not happening. There's no way they're taking this team. They are going to have to so drastically fall out of it. As Glenn was referring to about Harper potentially going the surgery route, same thing with the the Phillies deciding, all right, let's take it back down and apart rather than build it back up. When you go four years for Castellanos and Schwarber at the numbers you did, it makes it uh, tremendously difficult to do so. What they The only way they could do it, I had Jim Salisbury on with me during the nights this week here on uh, WIP, they would have interest in their starting pitching. If you're going to keep Wheeler because Wheeler's your ace and his contract is big too, so you might not get what you should get in return for a Cy Young-level pitcher, Nola, Eflin, Ranger, they could move any of those guys, but then are you ready for Christopher Sanchez starting every fifth day for you going forward? Do you want to see Bailey Falter as part of your rotation? Oh, God. That, the, that's the, what the, it would take. The, the second one's an easy one. Chris, thanks so much for the call. 
Yeah, I'm not ready to do that today, but um, Chris mentioned August 3rd, so today is June 4th. Today's my son's birthday. Happy birthday, Ted. We'll call you Happy later. birthday. There you go. Um, so that's two months away. Uh, I think I'll know better in one month. Right. That, that's, the, you know, let, let's talk on July 4th, and, and I'll have a plan between the fireworks. It's a uh, conversation to be tabled. Agree. So you mentioned stealing your book, and I, it yes. was so fun. So last week, last Saturday... We, uh, oh, you know what? we got to take a break. I'll tell the story as soon as we get back. 215-592-9494. Love to hear from you. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mackner. We're going to work the Eagles and some changes they made into the conversation coming up right here on 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 